Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work in my office today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today. Hello, everybody. Man, it, I was just outside. I went out for lunch. Yeah. It, been out there lately? I have been. I was out there just a few minutes ago. You were out there a few yeah. minutes ago? Yeah. I, I went out. I had to grab I a tool from my truck. I didn't see you. I I, I was out there. I, was, I grabbed a, I had to grab a uh, utility knife out of my truck. It's like 32 degrees. It feels sunny. incredible. And sunshine. Whenever there is that cold streak where mm-hmm. it's been cold and yeah. then all of a sudden it gets above even one temperature above freezing, you know, yeah. you're just like, oh, <laughs> it's, it's nice out. Yeah. <laughs> Sun's out. <laughs> I'm going to take my shirt off. <laughs> Unfortunately, tomorrow is going to drop back down to, to nine degrees. I know. And I don't even believe it. <laughs> I see it and when I check the weather app, but I don't, be- I don't believe it. How is this possible? And then su- Saturday's back up to 32. Yeah. I, I don't know. know. What? I'm, someone's getting sick. <laughs> it's the yo-yo of temperature like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody's getting sick. For sure. Uh-huh. For sure. All right, Pastor Luke, I had a few things I wanted to talk about. One is I needed, this is just, I just needed to share some frustration with somebody. Oh, you're coming in hot. <clears throat> I'm coming in hot. Oh, I love it. We're coming in hot today, folks. I, and this is an awesome blessing. Um, I just got. Oh, so you're about to do a um, a complaint where people might get frustrated because. Then I'm complaining about you're complaining about this. Complaining about this. Now, yeah. this is even better. <laughs> Yeah, I like so, it's like a rich person <laughs> complaining about keeping two offices clean or something like that, right? <laughs> a little bit. So, <laughs> I I just received in the mail um, my new desk for my office, and nice. actually received it earlier this week. But we've been I've been pretty busy this week, so I haven't got to put it together. This morning, I decided to start the task of putting this desk together. That's a pain. Why do they send it in so many pieces? Yep. It comes in a box the size of like a, a suitcase, and you're like, there's a desk in here? Right. And it's because they've chopped it up into 4,500 pieces. <laughs> I literally started laying out pieces, and I filled my whole office with desk pieces to try to lay it out to figure out what piece was what. Oh, man. And Well, I'll tell you what. Just wait until you, you go to, and you discover you've got a wrong piece. I, you think you're angry now? Just wait until that happens. Well, that happened when we were putting together, when we were redoing oh all of our- We were putting together an air hockey table? Yes. So we were we were revamping our entire Ignited Center. Oh we had this gosh. awesome new game lounge that was coming together. I mean, we bought like top of the line ping pong tables, foosball, bubble hockey, air hockey, pool tables. Or we the, refelted the pool, the pool tables. We felted the pool tables. And we bought this air hockey table. And we start putting this thing together. It's in a hundreds of hundreds of pieces. It's so heavy. And one of the legs, they sent us the three legs and one leg. And well, so like three right legs and one left leg. And we and need two left and two right. Yes. <clears throat> I was so frustrating. It's entirely, it's so. Because then it just sits there half, half done. I just want to say you had one job. <laughs> you had one job. Give me two right legs and two left legs. And there's, there's nobody to talk to about it. You can't call up 
the oh, Iraqi no, 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 no. company that a- if you try to call up anybody, you're gonna get sent to this person, transferred to that person, leave a message, go online, fill out a form. Just just let me talk to somebody and have them say, okay, we'll send you a new piece right now for free. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> Right, that doesn't ever so, happen. There, there's always a frustration when you're unloading the desk, and it's just one piece of wood after the next. Yeah, and you lay it all out, and you, all you do is see a good hour and a half of <laughs> of work, which includes some wrong piece, wrong, wrong moves, and wrong maneuvers along the way to yep. then undo and redo. Oh yeah, because every single screw that they sent me looks identical. But they're labeled but they're A, all, B, C, D. Yeah, yeah. labeled A, B, C. Like they're all different somehow. I don't. I don't and and there's uh. <laughs> there's two there's two slabs of wood that look exactly the same, except the only difference is one of the pieces of wood has a hole on the bottom left corner. Right. Yep. You, I got you, I got two of those too. And you miss it. You miss it. You miss that hole. You didn't quite see the black dot on the picture. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you, and uh-huh. so you put the wrong side on. Yep. And you just want to punch your own <laughs> self in the head. Because you're like, why wasn't I observant? Oh, my gosh. It's so frustrating. I was putting together a piece of furniture years ago from Ikea. Yeah. Now oh, this, that's, that's rough. Th- yeah. Because Ikea, there's no mailing system for Ikea. They don't mail you their furniture. Nope. You have to go. You you pick it up at the store. Yep. In a box. And you take it home and you put it together. And it's some of the t- most worst instructions you've ever witnessed. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. It's, wor- it's the worst. Oh, but yeah. they had put a wrong part in my box, so I couldn't. No. I couldn't finish my end table. I was putting together two end tables that go beside my couch. Yeah, yeah. One first one goes together just fine. Second one, wrong piece. I can't play, finish it. But IKEA is down on Ford Road. <laughs> yeah, two seventy five. <laughs> it's right. fifty five minutes away, uh-huh. right? Or fifty yeah. minutes away, depending yep. on where you live. And I lived in Linden at the time, so it was fifty. It was like 55, 60 minutes away. Yeah, I had to drive that oh. far just oh. to get a piece of wood. That's so frustrating. And you take the. They, this is what they say: if you get a wrong piece, you bring the wrong piece to the store. You get into the customer service line. Yeah. You hold you hold your piece in your hand like a total tool. <laughs> you stand there, you know, and you see everybody else holding their piece of piece, and yeah. you're like, "Yeah, you got a wrong piece too." You're like, "Yeah, don't even want to talk about it," you know. Yeah. And then you finally walk up to the window and you say simply, "This is the wrong piece, but this is what I need." And they walk away for five minutes into the warehouse, and they come back with the correct piece of wood, and they hand it to you, and you go home. <laughs> that is so frustrating. It's horrible. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> we always laugh about like if that's what hell is, just putting together IKEA, <laughs> Ikea furniture, furniture with wrong pieces. Oh my gosh. Ah! <clears throat> oh <that>? yeah. <laughs> well we a few years ago, me and Pastor Evan went down to IKEA to get some couches. And we for had, the church? Yeah, for the church. And uh, we had we had to use my truck because we needed a whole bunch of them. And we loaded I can't even remember how many couches. We loaded up a whole bunch of them. Yeah, we used to have IKEA furniture around the building. And yeah, we don't anymore. And we, we drove it back. And I remember a couple of the couches, the legs, the where you like screw in the leg hole, it did the holes didn't match up. Like there was, you know, where you the, the threaded hole, yeah. and then there was a uh like a drilled hole, and the threaded hole and the drilled hole didn't line up. And we were like, this is not even, like, the whole couch is messed up. Yeah. And Pastor Evan was like, screw it. 
and he just got a drill and <laughs> drilled his own hole. Yes, yes. <laughs> Praise and, the Lord. And it, and it worked. Praise the Lord. Remember when uh, we did a missions trip to the Dominican? Were you in the Dominican? I did not go to Dominican, no. Where, was it Dominican that we were at? Yeah, I think it was. So, and the, this is kind of goes along with what we're talking about. Okay. It, it, like, this is hell. Exper- yeah. Like, okay. They had a, in the morning, a couple tables with food on them. Okay. And and they said, hey, go to those tables, grab one of everything, put it into your sack lunch, yeah. and get on the bus. That's, right. That's going to be your lunch for the day. And so you, you grabbed an orange and a bag of chips and a little thing of cookies and there was like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. And then you went and you got, boom, you hopped on your bus. And the first day, you know, you come, you find that you're done doing ministry and you're like, okay, lunchtime. And you, you hop on the bus to eat your food. And I go to peel my orange. Yeah. You you can't. You can't peel the orange. Yeah. You, you, it, <laughs> it's the thickest <laughs> skin. Yeah. No, that, that was in Peru. Peru. It was Peru. Because I was on that trip. Oh, yeah, you can't peel the orange. <laughs> you can't do it. You, your fingernails can't do it. It's oh. impossible to peel the orange. Yes, that was so frustrating that I had. So I was on. I was a ministry team captain, and so I was in charge of, of making sure all of our equipment worked. And so I had brought with me a little tiny, like micro screwdriver set in case I needed to fix. Because we had all kinds of sound equipment and things. Man, in case I need to fix something, and I was like a little tiny one that fit in a <laughs> small pot. I pulled the screwdriver out, a flathead screwdriver. And stabbed the orange and tried to use the screwdriver to rip the peel off because it was so frustrating. It was like trying to peel a coconut <laughs> with your fingers. You can't peel a coconut. It's not going to happen. And this is exactly – and I'm like – and I had just cut my tri- fingernails before you leave. Yeah, yeah. that's what everybody that's does what you before do. you go on a mission trip. You cut your fingernails. And I got I got nothing. I'm like, <laughs> ah. And I'm looking around and uh, it happened to your sister. Carlene was there. Yeah. And I, look, I was looking at her. I looked in her hands and she's like, what? I'm like – and she knew what she knew what I was doing. And she's like, she saw me looking at her fingernails, and she's like, "You want me to peel your orange, don't you?" And I was like, you, I'm, I'm serious. I'm so serious. She could tell. And I was like, "Could you peel my orange?" For me? And she's like, "I barely peeled mine. Give me your orange." And she, her sister has great fingernails, and so she was ripped into it and peeled my orange. But I was just like, and then I said. This would be my hell. <laughs> For all of eternity, I sit in a large room and I'm forced to peel these oranges. <laughs> to peel those oranges. For eternity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be so bad. We laughed and laughed and laughed because everybody was like, because I, it felt like once I spoke out loud, how terrible these oranges were. Like yeah. the floodgates were open and people were like, yeah, what's up with these oranges? <laughs> Because nobody likes to complain on a mission trip about oranges. We're just thankful to be eating anything. But you can't get into it. You can't eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, it was hilarious. I, I remember that. That was that was, that was a, a moment. So that was sure. Peru. That was Peru. Yeah, you're right. That was Peru. That's what I said. It was Dominican Republic. I couldn't remember it was Peru. And you were there. Yeah, I was there. <clears throat> oh, well, uh, we're going to jump into our, our main topic for this podcast. Yeah. And uh, we're calling this podcast, There's Something in the Dirt. Something in the Dirt. Mm-hmm. And God tends to give us... Wonderful gifts wrapped in unwanted packages. Yeah. And if we're not careful, we'll take a look at the wrapping and the box. And we'll reject the gift. We will assume whatever's inside is just 
terrible. Yeah. And we'll reject the gift. We do this all the time when uh, with people. Yeah. With people. We, we look at the outward appearance. Yep. That's the Bible says, man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. Because we, we do look at the outside and we see maybe, I don't know, we see something. Yep. Or maybe we judge too quickly. But the truth and reality could be that that person that you're judging and that you're frustrated with and that you don't think is much of use to you. Right. They all will become a pivotal key individual in your life. Absolutely. And it was a wonderful gift sent to you by God, but wrapped up in, in what you considered to be a terrible package. Right. So what we want to really talk about today is stop judging the box that it came in and deciding based upon the wrapping yeah. and the size of it or whatever it came in. Right. It's, you got to stop doing that. All throughout the Bible, people received wonderful gifts from God wrapped in unusual packages. Oh, yeah. And there's like a... It looks like you want to say, I could tell you want to say something, and then we'll get into this Yeah, I was. This I, I, story. I know you, you have a great story, but I was just thinking of a, a quick biblical example of that was Naaman in the Old Testament. Absolutely. Who, he was trying to get cured of his leprosy, and I think it was Elisha told him, go dip in the Jordan River. And he's like, that's gross. No. Mm-hmm. And he walked away. Yeah. And his servant had to be like, Go dip in the Jordan if it's going to cleanse you of leprosy. Like he it's literally wanna, a, a he didn't di- want to dip in the dirty Jordan River. <laughs> yeah, there was other cleaner. He rivers. said there's other cleaner rivers, and it, like he was dying of leprosy, and and he was almost refused healing because he didn't he didn't like the packaging his healing was wrapped in. Who came to him, Naaman? No, he Naaman was the name Na- of the guy. Yeah, who came to him? So he went to Elisha. And okay. then and then Elisha told him to go dip in the Jordan. He stormed away, and one of Naaman's servants, it said, came to him and said, "If the prophet had told you to do some great, you know, show of a thing, wouldn't you have done it? Mm-hmm. Go do this simple thing and dip in the Jordan River." Mm-hmm. You know, Elisha also had to ignore the wrapping. Yeah, Naaman was not an Israelite. Nope, he was not a servant of God. He was not deserving of. Elisha's gift yeah. that he was about to give him. And Elisha, I'm sure, struggled to provide this wonderful message yeah. to Naaman. And Elisha, just like Naaman, they both had to accept the fact that this wonderful gift is inside a package I don't desire. Right. They both had to. They both had to, absolutely. Um so there's a story that's been passed down yeah. through time. Through ages. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that funny. Why are we laughing? Because the story's not that old. That's why it couldn't have been passed it, down it from ages. It can't be that old. But it's been passed down. Yeah. And, and people aren't quite sure if it's real or not, but it, it feels like it, it was real. So I'll give the disclaimer just like the disclaimer was given to me before I heard this story, the disclaimer that I read was, there is a story that's been told. Yeah. So there's the disclaimer about my story. <laughs> there's no names involved. It's like a proverb. Yeah. Or, it's, a, par- or, or, or a, par- a parable. parable. Yeah. I did not mean to say proverb. I meant it's to okay. say parable. I got you. So the parable goes as this. There was a 
son, who was a senior. And great time. He was going to graduate high school. And all of his friends and people in his community, when they graduated high school, they received a vehicle as a gift. Man, that's awesome. And pretty awesome, huh? Yeah. And not just a vehicle, but many of them, if not all of them, had received their dream car. Wow. And his father and him were discussing his dream car. Yeah. What is your dream car, son? And they would have long discussions about what the son's dream car was. And then they would even go out and look at cars. And look at cars. And yeah. test drive cars. And it just so happened to be that this man, the father, was wealthy and could mm-hmm. afford a dream car for his son. Yeah. And the son is so excited, not just to graduate high school, but obviously to receive this gift. Absolutely. And finally, the day comes when the son graduates. And after graduation is over, they go back to the house, and his father calls the son into his office Mm. and says, son, today's the day where I give you your gift. Man. And sitting on the dad's desk is a little box with a bow on it. And immediately the son is a little, we could use the word skeptical or even frustrated. Why? That doesn't look like no car. doesn't look like a car. It's not a car. It's a box with a bow on it. And not only that, the box shape is not really the shape of you would what you would expect maybe a key to be in. Right. It's kind of a box that looks like a book is in. And so he's noticing this, and he's kind of getting a little bit, you know, he's, he's winding up in his emotion with this box. And his dad says something to him about how proud he is of his son, and he gives him this box, and he opens the box, and it's a Bible. Wow. And the kid is so frustrated and kind of overreacts, throws the Bible down, packs up his stuff, and leaves the house. Oh, my gosh. And decides to cut off communication with his father. That's crazy. And a couple years pass, and then his father dies unexpectedly. Yeah. And the son was not able to restore the relationship with his father. Man, that's so sad. And after the funeral is over, the son goes back to the house for the first time in a couple years. And he's looking through his dad's office, going through memories, and he sees that Bible Mm. that he had thrown down the ground. His father had kept it. Right. And he opens it up, and there's a check inside that Bible. And it's written out to the car of his dreams for the exact amount that it cost back then. Wow. And he realized that his dad put his dreams inside that box. That what he looked at as dirt and worthless and he threw on the ground, inside that was what he dreamed and longed for. Yeah. And that's essentially how life works for all of us, is that life tends to hand us an unexpected box that we don't want. Yeah. And we open it up. And it's not what we prayed for. Right. (laughs) It's not what we dreamed for. Yeah. And But if you investigate it a little bit more, stick with it a little bit longer, you'll actually come to realize, yes, this is what I want. Right. It was just wrapped up in a strange way. It happens with me all the time in my walk with the Lord. I'll spend years sometimes praying for something. 
and then actually starts to get answered, but it comes in a way that I didn't expect. Right. And when it first starts happening, I actually get a little like, God, is this, is this the answer to the prayer? Because <laughs> I don't really like how it's unfolding. Right. I, I don't like, and if I could, if I can get vulnerable with everybody about just my experiences when it comes to what I feel like God answering a prayer is so sometimes time will go by where um, I've had staff members leave the church. Yeah. And it's like all my friends left. Right. And it's sad. And I'm I'm sad. I don't don't tell many people this, but there's been times and seasons in my life where it feels like all my friends leave me, some for great reasons to pursue the ministry or to pursue life life with God in other areas around the world, or sometimes they just leave because they got a bad heart and they left. Right. And I will then begin to pray to God, oh, Lord, I really, I need new relationships. I need new relationships. And then all of a sudden, people do start churning up in my life, but it's not initially the people I wanted. Right. But it ends up being the people I needed. Mm, that's good. There's just one perfect example of what first initially I was just like, that's okay, Lord, I, I actually sense that you're answering this prayer request of mine, mm-hmm. but that's not really the one I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it happens all the time with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. And, and I bet people who are listening to podcasts are thinking right now of times the Lord has answered prayers and it was in a different way than they wanted. Yeah, absolutely. I have a, a pretty recent story of something that happened just like that. You're talking about God answering prayers in the way that you didn't expect. Um, you know, before me and my wife got married, actually right when we got engaged, um, I started looking to, to buy a house. And actually, even before we got engaged, I had kind of got into the market a little bit to buy a house. I'd been saving up for a little bit um, and I was trying to, to buy a house for us and started praying about it. And then we were engaged and we never got a house. And so we leased a house from my aunt and we were still looking for a house because uh, we had a, a pretty short term lease with her and we were getting really close to that lease being up. And we were looking into, we were looking at all, I mean, every housing option that you can think of, we were looking into it too. Yes. And, and praying that God would send us uh, a, a house. And, you know, we, we had a, a price range that we could afford and all, all this stuff. And then out of the absolute blue, I got a phone call about a building that wasn't a house and it <laughs> wasn't in my price range. <laughs> and I was like, God, this is not what I've been praying for. Don't send this my way. I don't want it. You know. Yeah. yeah. So this this is at it. It's not even a house, and it's going to cost me so much money to to turn into a house, and and it's not in my price range, so I can't even afford it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like God was like, go go meet with them about this house, hmm. this building, and so I went and we talked with the owner of the building. And and they're they're great Christian people. They actually go to our church here at Cornerstone. And we talked, and a week later they came back and he called me and said, Hey, we want to drop the price so that it will be in your price range. Mm-hmm. And uh you can start working on the house whenever you want. Hmm. And that's the house that me and my wife live in now. It was it was a dentist office that we bought. And, and, it, and it first arrived in a package you hated. Yeah. 
I was like, this is one, it's not even a house. And two, it's over my price range. I was like, this is, it was not what I was expecting. And it wasn't what, honestly, it wasn't what I wanted at first. But God encouraged you to investigate more. Yes. To call the owner, to inquire a little bit more. And as you inquired, as you investigated, as you opened up the pages, right? Yep. You started discovering things that you didn't initially see. Absolutely. And that, I feel like, my friends, is exactly how God works. Yes. It's strange how God works. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about, this is just another visual tell. Because I I don't know about you, Pastor, but I'm definitely a visual learner. I I like like word pictures or, or, I don't know, things that help, stories, stuff like that. Helps me remember stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And I heard a great illustration from somebody. Um, it was a guy down south, so it was about an acorn for him. You know, it's called an acorn. Um, <laughs> Alu- aluminium. <laughs> Ever heard Australians say aluminum? Yeah. You're uh, like, what? Are you? Did you just say a curse, a curse word? <laughs> um, but they, he was talking about an acorn and an acorn and how an acorn starts out so small and. Squirrel, a squirrel might find an acorn. It's food to the squirrel. He buries it, but squirrels have terrible memories, so he doesn't hardly ever find it. You got a brain the size of an acorn. <clears throat> I think squirrels, I think the statistic is they find about 20% of the acorns they bury. That's hilarious. Which is really sad because they <laughs> work pathetic. all summer. That's so pathetic. <laughs> I love it. Um, and so like, a squirrel buries an acorn, and it, it's you know the size of your fingernail. It's this little tiny nut, smaller than a peanut. Uh-huh. And if he if the squirrel doesn't find it, all of a sudden the next year, it begins to sprout. Mm-hmm. It grows into a tree, and over time, it becomes one of the biggest trees, at least in in the Midwest where we are here in Michigan. An oak tree is one of the biggest, strongest trees that we have around here. Yes, but it started off as a little tiny acorn that a squirrel buried. Hmm. And if you ever see a squirrel unbury a nut. When he unburies it, it looks disgusting. Hmm. It's black. It's gross. It's been in the dirt for a while. Yeah. It just it looks terrible. Yeah. But it's as it's looking terrible, it's degrading and actually turning into the seed and sprouting into this massive oak tree. Hmm. And I think that's a lot of times what God does is is he'll put something in our life that we're like, oh, that, that's not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not what it was supposed to look like. Yep. This isn't how I pictured my life. Yep. But if, like you say, if we investigate it, if we pray on it, if we're per- pursuing God and staying in God's will, He's going to take that thing, yep, and make it exactly what it needs to be in our life. There's a story of a of a pastor, um, and uh, when he was a boy, he was getting into some trouble, um, and uh, he was really going down the wrong path. Okay, but he was at this church service, and during the church service, the Holy Spirit just began to overwhelm him. Tears wow. started flowing in his eyes. And at that service, he recommitted his life to the Lord and felt a call to ministry. Wow. And said, God, I will do that. For yeah. you. I will go to the ministry for you. Very shortly after he said yes to salvation, repentance, and then a call to the ministry, very shortly after that, he developed a rare skin disease where he broke out in boils all over his skin, and they mainly come out, came out on his neck and face. Wow. And it was, the, it was painful, but beyond that, he said, it was mostly embarrassing. Yeah. And he says it was really at a time, too, in his life where he was a young teenager, 
and the kids were relentlessly cruel to him. Yeah. And because of this, he isolated himself quite a bit. Oh, I'm sure. And he became extremely depressed along in the process and a good bit mad at God. Yeah. Because he's just said, God, I just can, gave my entire life to you, said right. yes to the ministry, and this is how you reward me. Right. Well, what it, one of the things he ended up doing, and his parents didn't even know this, was he would skip school. Okay. He would pretend to go to school. Right. Um, and then, but instead, he said his dad was a pastor and he had a key to the church. Okay. He would actually go into the church, sneak into the church. He would go under the sound booth in the balcony and he would spend his days up there reading the Bible. Wow. And nobody knew it. But he had a hunger for God. Yeah. And along with reading the Bible during school hours, yeah. he would also listen to, he had acquired and began to gather up messages on tape okay. with his cassette yeah. player and his little Walkman. And he started listening to messages under that booth. Yeah. He ha- he'd hid under there. And he could even, he'd always kept kind of one ear out for yeah. the janitors or people walking around. And he always made sure nobody knew he was up there. And he was doing this day after day. And then when the weekends would come, instead of going out and hanging out with his friends because he was completely embarrassed, yeah, he ended up practicing his saxophone. He was up to that point. He had played the saxophone. wasn't very good. Okay. But had nothing else to do and started playing the saxophone. He said he started to play the saxophone 100, 100 hours a week. Yeah. Whereas normally, crazy. never do that. No. He'd be out having fun. And, and a whole year goes by him living like this. He can't find a cure for these boils. They can't find a cure. And then all of a sudden, a brand new product is invented, and the doctors want to test it on him, and it cures him. Wow. And he's fine. No more, nothing. Everything gone. He goes back out into the real world. His, everything is totally normal. During that year, he says... Still to this day, his life is marked by the year of study, Bible reading, and saxophone playing. He is a professionally trained saxophone player, and that skill got him on Christian television. Wow. And along with just his passion for, for just digesting the Word of God day after day, hours upon hours, yeah. every week, he developed a tremendous knowledge of the Word of God, which has shaped his preaching and turned him into an incredible preacher. That's amazing. And he says that what he looked at as a torture and depression, he sees now as a gift from God. That's incredible. It's a gift. It was a gift. Mm -hmm. God sends gifts in mysterious ways. He does. He sends gifts wrapped in dirt. (laughs) Yeah. There's something in that dirt. And maybe this encouraged... A listener out there today. I hope it did. You're going through a difficult time. It's the pressure where a diamond will form. Yeah. And that's how we're all made. Absolutely. That's exactly how God works. I was thinking about one more parable that Jesus told. It was a really cool one. Let's end with this one. And it's, he said, the farmer goes out and he sows the seed into the ground. And then he walks away. And even though he doesn't know how, the seed sprouts and becomes a the harvest. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're like that farmer. We're praying, we're sowing in, in faith, saying, God, I'm believing for something. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. 
Well, God's like that dirt. Mm-hmm. He knows what's going on. Yeah. And he causes the harvest in our life. He does. I love it. That's good. It's been great to be with you today, audience. It's been great to be with you guys. There's something in the dirt. Something in that dirt, ladies and gentlemen. I hope we helped somebody today. I hope so. I hope we encouraged somebody. I hope we encouraged hundreds. I hope we have hundreds of people listening. Thousands. Thousands of people are going to be listening to this episode. I love it. Catch you on the next one, audience. Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work them off today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today.